What's going on, guys? I'm Jake, and I'm joined by Dave, and this is Capes, Cows, and Masks. On this week's episode, we break down everything from DC Fandom, trailers for The Batman, The Snyder Cut, and Wonder Woman 84, concept art for The Flash and Black Adam, and also our first look at James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. All this and much more. Strap in, DC fans, because this is going to be epic. That's all this week on Capes, Cows, and Masks. Welcome to Capes, Cows, and Mask again. David. Hello. How's it going? I'm doing good. Yeah. So, very DC orientated at the moment. I'm Man. In, in the mood for some Batman. I've been uh, humming that theme tune, as I said to you earlier, uh, from Michael Giacchino in my head. And yeah, I just, just want that film right now. <laughs> I know. Like, I'd pay a thousand pounds to see it right now. Yeah, exactly. Don't care. Like, I think more people would than you think. Or to see 25% of it as well. <laughs> Just to see whatever he shot, all of it, exactly. please. That's right. DC. DC fandom. It's all about DC this week. But we've had, like, six months with, like, very little news. And then all of a sudden, BAM! Yeah. Warner <laughs> Brothers is like, you like Batman? Here you go. You Pow. like Superman? <laughs> Pow! Boom. DC Comics! <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, so we're going to get into all the DC fandom stuff in a bit. Uh, but before we get into like the nitty-gritty stuff of it, David, what did you think of like the whole convention in general? Because like, mm. obviously, we're in a new time. Strange times, aren't we? Now? Yes, so, yeah. you know, this normally, all these news probably would have been, you know, done at Comic-Con or other sort of comic conventions. But we're doing this all online now. Few people have already tried. Comic Con did try. They were that Comic Con at home. I particularly wasn't that engaged by it, and I know I'm not the only one. There's a few people who thought this is. It just feels like I'm watching something. Doesn't feel very interactive. Yeah. Uh, but I thought DC really stepped up the game with this. But what are your thoughts uh, with what they did with DC Fandom? Yeah, I I was really impressed. I think that compared to like said Comic Con, it was leaps and bounds better. I really think that Comic Con really missed the ball with with their convention. I think maybe they were in the unfortunate situation in which they were still trying to have some form of live event because they were in, what was it, July, is it? July, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I suppose that, say, in March, they were like, oh, it, it could happen, you know, we might be able to, whereas I suppose DC has always known that, you know, if this happens in August, etc., when they've planned it, they knew it would be virtual. So I suppose Comic-Con was a bit ill-prepared, but... But still, it was just the basics. It's the fact that, like, you have a live stream, you have live video, you don't just upload a YouTube video and you can just scrub the video and just go to the, to the trailer at the end, which Comic-Con did, which is really strange. And, and that's what I loved about it is that you did feel that you were at an event. You know, they have the, you know, virtual arenas and the domes and, you know, they welcome you in and you go to each different room. And I thought that that really set a great atmosphere and I really liked how it went to the different aspects you know you had comedic parts you had like more animation suited for children you had documentaries so i was really impressed by the entire thing and like i said i think other companies are going to be really jealous now i i, I can just imagine kevin feige there watching at home like racking his brain <laughs> thinking like 
I won't be surprised if uh, they'd be like, right, we're going to do the MCU yeah, fandom. Definitely, like, definitely. I think that's going to happen. Um, and because, that's what's yeah. unfortunate for Comic-Con, I think, in the future is that they're all going to want to do their own one now as well. Because regardless of how successful fandom is in terms of like viewers and that kind of stuff, it's hard to deny that they can own their own news and everything that comes well, out of this, that. Well, so. this is the thing. I think we're moving into that ter- that part where the companies who own the properties are realizing why don't we just throw our own you know um star wars have been doing it for years with star wars celebration uh disney with d23 yeah um you know um it's not really an event but you know marvel have done the couple of times where they've invited everyone around and they've shown them the big slates of what's all coming so i do think now obviously with dc fandom i do think they're all like let's just do it ourselves comic con and other another comic cons I think they will, for the better as well, I think they will go back to their roots and be more focused about comics. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and not so, the big major movie studios. Yeah. I think even with TV shows, it just felt a bit lackluster because as much as you might like, you know, The Boys or Umbrella Academy, by having them there, it almost emphasizes that we can't get the big movies. So like you said, I think they'd be better just focus on like, merchandise things you can buy collectibles independent stuff stuff. yeah Yeah, exactly so Mm. um yeah i I hope they evolve in the right way but it's almost like they're adapting from the video game industry it's the you know nintendo or playstation will be like we're gonna have this random press event you know online and everyone can watch it but you know sometimes when it is non-covid times they'll have an arena but you're just watching the stream of the arena Mm -hmm. and i think that's why obviously people have been frustrated with comic-con in the past is that they can't watch it because they're like, sorry, only the people who are in Hall H can yeah, watch this I mean, kind of thing. Whereas now everyone around the world has been able to watch Fandom. And for people like us, we're like, oh, wow, I'm invited to this for once. Yeah, no, it's go. great. It's like, I, I see the pros and cons to both of it. Now, it, it, should the people at these cons get this stuff? Absolutely. I mean, they've paid the money. They've, you know, traveled from however many miles to get to this con yeah, they. I I do think they're entitled to stuff that not the whole world can see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and and anyway, in recent times, like sure they get it first, but like ten minutes later, it's posted online. So yeah. But obviously, nobody's doing that now. So we all have to be together with this. Um, in sense of that, I really like um all the different nationalities they had representing this. Yeah, um, you know, each presenter was from a different country. Um, and then in the actual website, when you're you know signing up and registering, it gives you uh, your, all time. Th- your time zone. I don't know if it's all the languages, but plenty of languages yeah. from around the world suited to wherever you're from. That's, I was going to say that actually about, again, Comic-Con, because that was such an oversight. Because, you know, to go through it and, you know, okay, we're, we're used to as UK fans being like, okay, 8 p.m. PSD, what's up? We in have to UK. work it out. It's about six hours later. But like... for a virtual con, after you see fandom, you're like, yeah, that should be a given. You should have made time appropriate schedules for the world. Because if Comic-Con is going to be there, like Comic-Con at home for the world, you don't put like American times because like you said, you're not at a live event in America. It's it's incredible because they've also down the 24 hours. They've catered for all those time zones. Yeah, exactly. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I remember being on Twitter this morning and, and them saying, hey, UK fans and all Europe people, you can now tune in. I'm like, little do they know we stay up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, but for the people who didn't stay up, you know, now they can wake up in the morning and check out all the awesome stuff they've shown. So Yeah, exactly. I'd say the only advantage the comic-con had if they if they did this properly like you said if they just did it as a live video rather than a, an uploaded video 
is that you can just go on the YouTube app on your television or something. So fandom, you have to go on a website rather than just being able to bring up an app on your TV or something. So, but you know, we'll leave that for the future yeah. for them to, to, to sort out. I mean, yeah, I think they've set the gold standard. Like the bar is now incredibly high. Yeah. Um, judging from, you know, Twitter and Instagram and everything, everybody was pretty much loving this event. You know, the plenty of hashtags going on. Yeah. Um, the one thing I think they could work on, and the like, thing is there, there's bound to be some things because it's the first time it's been done, but there was times where I thought some of the panels were poorly edited. There were some really, like, um, jumps that you were like, whoa, okay, we're, we're on to something else now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. like, um, but, you know, that's here or there. Like, that's just, it's teething problems. I'm sure exactly. they could probably figure that out when they, if they do one next year yeah the one thing i will say on the negative side lastly is that like you said i believe if you pay for an event and there's an exclusive screening so say that you know the mandalorian for example and they had a preview of the mandalorian i'd be perfectly happy that i'm like yeah we'll see it eventually in a month or so anyway they you know they've paid for that and we'll probably get some images or something just to keep us satisfied but what i don't like is you know this whole uh, leaking of trailers yeah the leaks, where yeah. the hell did that you that's know, that's the, that's the that's the problem yeah that's the big problem now you know when when things like that leak unfortunately studios really have no choice but well we got to fucking release it now yeah. you know what i mean like but why don't like that happen like it happens on the day of the event you now so say like you've got a live event and somebody's done it on their mobile phone like i said that's a given and it's up to the people at home whether they're going to go do i want to watch a, a shoddy film yeah that's your choice yeah exactly but when, and I, you know, I'm just calling this out now. I you know, I think this is really wrong. When the leaked Batman trailer, I think it was, it was Snyder Cut, one, one of them. Um, uh, was it was it involving those tweets? With, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so that was the Snyder Cut. Yeah, the Snyder Cut got um, leaked online. And comicbook.com, IGN, loads of websites out there, like, straight on it. Straight on it. And putting, like, the first images of uh, the Snyder Cut and showing all these images. I was like... You should be more professional than that. These should, are, that's what is, I thought. This yeah. is a leaked trailer and they're treating it as like breaking news and here's the first images of this. And Rotten Tomatoes, another one, they were like the first images of the Snyder Cut. And I was like, this is really shoddy, I think. One last thing I'd like to mention about the actual fandom itself. Because uh, I remember there was a little section where Jim Lee was talking about their technology behind it. And I thought that was really interesting how they were able to get all these people from all the countries. Like They just sent them a green screen Look, just record your thing. We'll worry about it. And they virtually created the dome that you could add different images and artwork and music and all that. And I thought they did a great job with that. So I think it's definitely, like you said, they've everyone's going to be really jealous of them and everyone's going to be looking about how can we do make one of those now. Yeah. So we'll leave that now because we're going to break down everything that happened at DC FanDome. <laughs> the bells already been wrong and they've heard it out in the dark among the stars <laughs> ding dong the god is dead Let's kick it off where DC fandom kick it off. Fuck! What a way to kick it off with Wonder Woman 84. Like, most of the time, people would normally leave shit like this for Cheetah for, like, the end of the... <laughs> yeah. 
But they're like, we're gonna we're gonna give you this in the opening. Yeah, thing. exactly. Wonder Woman eighty four. So um, the panel, Patty Jenkins, all the cast were there. Um, I thought it was a really fun panel. You know, nothing revealed that we don't already know about the film because you know we were supposed to have already seen it. Exactly. Yeah, they were quite far into the sort of advertising and yeah. You so know, promotion. no huge big things. You know, it was really nice that um, uh, the original Wonder Woman. Came yeah. on, uh, Linda Carter. Yeah, that was really nice. Then. Especially their reaction to it was yeah. really... Kirsten yeah. Wick, you see her face when <laughs> yeah, she, she came on. Was She's that? like, I want to hug you. <laughs> it was really, really that, nice. That was really nice. So let's talk about the trailer, man. Mm. Uh, big fucking trailer. Yes. Uh, pretty much sets up the plot nicely. Big visuals. Uh, I have my theories about um, all these dead people who are suddenly back. <laughs> like yes, uh, yeah. Steve Trevor. Uh, but what do you think of the trailer, man? Uh, yeah, I loved it. I think you know Wonder Woman was one of my you know one of my favorite DC, if not my favorite DC uh, film of recent years. I think the Patty Jenkins is an incredible director because she adds such a cinematic scope to these films. They don't feel small at all. It feels like big and almost like Christopher Nolan in like we were talking about before with that opening IMAX scene to the Dark Knight. We're like, wow, you know, so. That's why I get this vibe from this film is you've got like that Washington road scene where it's like, and the, the jet with fireworks above them. It just all looks visually gorgeous. And her roping from roping lightning on the bolts fucking lightning, man. is that's amazing. Metal. Like, yeah. yes. So, and that's why I'm so impressed with about Wonder Woman. So as much as like I like Captain Marvel and I think Marvel did a great job in sort of like, you know, making a big thing about female heroines, I think she it's, ain't Wonder Woman. No, though. it's hard to deny that, like, because they've made, I think even before that film came out, the you know, the lasso wasn't that big a thing. You know, it kind of was in the, uh, her in weapon. the animated show. It yeah. Was, uh, like, but it's, so that's it's, for, like, deep cut people. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that there's, like, a glowing golden rope in this, it's made it a visual thing. It's like Iron Man and his pulse, you know, lasers, etc. It's become indicative of that character now. And that's what's made it so great is there's a big visual now. So you see that trailer and she's you know using it to go from lightning bolts and she's there running that scene where she's spinning it like yeah. a like a clock and blocking all the bullets exactly that, that was awesome so right? all of that you're like this is amazing it's, it's a fantastic visual character that they made her into but also golden the, armor as well yeah and when she you know obviously has the gauntlets that she brings together which is great when she's sort of got like that I'm assuming, like, initial fight with Cheetah before she's full Cheetah mode. Yeah, when she's wearing Cheetah clothes, but she's not actually a Cheetah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah, I, I think that what I'm also impressed is just the level of detail we have in terms of the emotions and story of the film. I think it's great that, you know, you have that line from Cheetah where she says, you know, you, you know you're somebody who has everything and people like us just have to get by, you know, not getting as, as much from life. And I think that that really does seem like a great theme to run with because if anybody's going to make that argument it would be somebody like diana who would would be there just like you know like she is in wonder woman and justice league you know just brushing, brushing a, a statue or, you know as things like that and people would be like how is this like gorgeous woman you know who doesn't age and gets all these things in life etc and so yeah it makes perfect sense for that character mm. so have that MP especially that, when um Steve Trevor comes back. She's like, yo, your yeah. boyfriend from like 70 years ago, he yeah. died. Oh, he's back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and I think that's also a great element of it is using the 80s as a theme. So you have Steve Trevor 
at the end with the like parachute pants. That's he's the thing. great. He's great. Um, but yeah, it did also remind me of that scene where his assistant, where they're dressing him. She's like, no, you can't have a sword in yeah, here. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, she's wearing the corset and everything. So yeah, I think it's great that they flipped that around. So I'm really excited for it. I think the story looks great. Um, I think, you know, we did expect to see Cheetah and I kind of prefer a shorter haired Cheetah, um, you know, when I'm talking about... Because you you don't like the long mane that she's got? No, I I think when when I've seen her in the cartoons and uh, comics, etc., I prefer when she's got like the shorter hair. So Mm, that's just like how I like my Cheetahs, (laughs) my female humanoid Cheetahs. (laughs) My favorite run of Wonder Woman is... um, by George Perez, iconically in the his run during the eighties, yeah, um, and that's my she has the long mane, right? Okay, uh, yeah. And I think partly because it was written mm. in the eighties, yeah, so that's true. Everybody had big hair then, yeah, that's that's true. I think that that's short hair wouldn't work quite as well for the time period. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was surprised at first. I was concerned when we were seeing her in that like cheetah coat and everything. I was like, oh, I hope we're oh, going to yeah. get like a, a tacky bad version of this. So to see her in full version looks good. Well, for me, it was the bloody Funko Pops that spoiled it for me. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, like the, Lego or yeah, Funko yeah, or something. Yeah, it was the, they released the, the pop of, of her as the cheetah. And I was like, mm. all right, well, she's going to be cheetah then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What I thought was quite cool as well is that they have that scene, uh, which looks like they saw a fight in it. Is it maybe like the industrial satellite? Sort it, looks of place? Like the f- it looks like the third act. Yeah. 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 And she is act, and Cheetah seems to be like roping from like electrical wires from the. Different I saw masks. that, yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, that's like maybe a nice nod to, to like what the, Wonder the Woman bolt. does. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was quite cool as well. Yeah, I mean the cast is stellar. You know, I'm really interested to see what Pedro Pascal does with Maxwell Lord. Yeah, I love that shot of him where he's like looking manic uh, and the yeah. wind blowing. He's good. Pedro Pascal wins at everything. Yeah, like, I love I, him in everything. Uh, yeah, he's just the Red Viper, Mandalorian, everything he does is, yeah. is gold. Um. So I'm really looking forward to him doing this role. Um, my theory is that um, he's got this magic wishing stone, as you see in the trailer where he's saying, anything you want, just, you know. And I think that's how uh, Steve comes back. Yeah. I think that that's how it would make sense to me. Yeah, anyway. I, th- I think so. And like, said, and that's how Cheetah gets her powers and stuff. Like. And yeah, and you're not going to have the whole, you know, breaking the laws of time sort of oh, stuff. Oh, no, you're yeah. You're just going to yeah. have like... A wish, know, fantasy. You know, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah don't, no, because I, I think for those type of things, if you do start to go into time travel, you're going to start losing me. And I'd be like, there's no need for it here. Like. No, and I would assume if they've got a flashpoint coming up, they're like, wouldn't well, they sort that at that point? You know? Well... That leads perfectly into the next section, which is uh, not quite the Flash, but it's the multiverse panel they had. And this was, um, it was Jim Lee, Walter Hamada, you know, the guy at mm. Warner Brothers, yeah. which I found it. We finally got to see him speak. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was interesting. Like, um, I was surprised because I didn't think a guy as big as him would, would do this, you know. Mm. He was there, Jim Lee was there, and there was someone else there. You can't quite remember. It was yeah, it was one of the other sort Another of um, big writers. Person, yeah. yeah, was it somebody? It wasn't somebody from the TV shows, was it? Because they were talking about how the multiverse works for them. Um, yes, it cr- was um, crisis. Greg Berlanti. That's it. Yeah, the guy who runs CW. Yeah, and all that. So he's yeah. talking about like crisis, crisis on yeah, is, and all that, etc. Yeah. Um, this was a really interesting panel because I think it finally gave us uh, a clearer idea. Anyway, I wouldn't say completely clear, mm-hmm. but a clearer idea on where DC's going. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I think they have over Marvel is this multiverse. Yeah, definitely, yeah. You know, the fact that they can... I think the multiverse gives them 
way more creative for freedom than the MCU, MCU can. Uh, because you know the MCU, you you can you can be creative, but you've got a sandbox to be creative in. Yeah. While this is like it's sort of like you can make your movie, just make it really good, and we'll tie that in later to something. And and same goes for any other project. You know, they confirmed that Joker, uh, the Joaquin Phoenix movie, that's that universe. They confirmed that uh, Matt Reeves' Batman movies, it's going to be its own universe. Um, you've got the CW verse. You've got um, the movies with. Um, you know, Justice League, Man of Steel, BVS, all that stuff, that's going to be, it's another universe. So it basically, for me, gives them the opportunity where they can make whatever they want and really not have to say strict to a certain like line or timeline and stuff like that. And I, I think you can also do more interesting stuff by, you could do R-rated movies, you could do uh, character pieces, you could do big spectacles. I think you have so much range now by doing the multiverse and also not just rely on films, TV, video games, the comics themselves, all this other stuff. I think it's great. I think it's, like I said at top, the thing that DC has over Marvel, well, Marvel are going to now have it very soon, but DC have always had the they multiverse. They have a multiverse of madness, don't forget. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but DC, way before Marvel really delved into that, they were all about the multiverse, going back to Crisis on Infinite Earths. So, yeah, man, I think this is positive for DC. I think this is where I think they should go. I mean, what are your thoughts about this? And I just find it amazing that like things have worked out so well for them, actually. What like people were saying 10 years ago was actually their biggest flaw. They were like, they shouldn't do it this way. They should have it. So like Batman origin, Flash origin, then build up to a Justice League. Basically copying Marvel. Yeah. What are they doing? Why is there this random Joker film and this random, you know, like these offshoots? Why are the, why are the TV shows not the same as the movies? Why is there two flashes? Yeah. yeah. So, and then actually, like, I don't think, I think they've done this by chance. I don't think it, anybody could ever say, yeah, this was planned the entire time. No, no, time. it was not planned. So I think, but it has perfectly come into their lap that they're like, yeah, this actually is perfect now because we can be the exact polar opposite to Marvel. And we have got, the, what they, that was intended that they did always want to have the directors have creative freedom over their projects. Um, so I think that that work has worked out fantastically for them. And I think it really does open the doors to some exciting avenues. And again, it's not to, to trash on Marvel. It's just that you can appreciate both methods. Hey, we, lo now. we love Marvel over here. Just yeah. saying, just saying. Guys. So we, that's why I'm saying is that we can appreciate the, the nice, neat timeline that Marvel has got, but then you can also enjoy the sort of more... Uh, varied you know like you know freedom that dc has and i think that that makes sense to those characters because to me i'm not interested in seeing like an alternate version of captain america but i am very interested in seeing you know red sun and you know the alternate versions of superman because he's more of an archetypal hero which allows for something like that so i think those type of characters make sense to have a multiverse because they lend themselves to different genres and different characters and stories that i don't think marvel characters do do as much. Do as much, no. Yeah, I completely so, agree. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, the person who's going to be the cause of all this, though, is the Scarlet Speedster. Yeah. The Flash. And it's, it's exciting that they had that TV crossover as well, a movie character yes, and a yes, TV Yes, I, I think it was in the panel they said that it was that crossover where it, this idea sort of spawned for them. Yeah, and that's uh, canon as well, is that's it? That that's where his name, name came, came from. Because, so yeah, because... The TV flash, he says, he's like, you're another flash. And he's like, the 
Flash. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he is never <laughs> mentioned as the Flash no, not in, in, not in Justice in the, League. No, he's anything, not. He's, so. he, I think he's mentioned as the Scarlet Speedstone, like a news mm. paper th- headline or something like that, but never the Flash. So, uh, But yeah, we obviously, they haven't started shooting. There's nothing really, I mean, planned, but they've got the script locked down, he said. That's done. Um, I'm really happy that Christina Hodson is uh, writing the script. If, for people who don't know, she wrote Birds of Prey. Yeah. Which I thought, I, I think it's one of DC's best films in recent years. Um, Andy Muschietti, director, obviously did the It movies. Yeah. Really liked the first one. Second one, okay. Yeah. Lukewarm on the second one. Um, but yeah, I mean, they show, obviously they didn't show anything. They showed concept art, the new suit, uh, made by Batman. Mm. Um, if I would imagine made by the Ben Affleck Batman, mm. not the Michael Keaton yeah, Batman. Yeah, would be fun. Um, but they, speaking of which, they did show the Michael Keaton Batman in that concept art. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, there's not really much to talk about apart from the concept art and where they want to sort of take this. But where did you, what did you like about this? You weren't too sure on the costume, were you? Yeah, I, well, the costume itself, I like, I, I never liked that whole, like, armor keeping it together with the wires thing that yeah. they have in um the Zack snyder justice league saw film i was never I, I thought it looked okay but i thought it looked a bit too uh i don't know steampunk or you know sort of like world war like a sort of old time uh flash so i like the costume itself but i didn't like the fact that batman has made it purely because i felt again it was kind of a iron man makes spider-man's costume mm-hmm aspect i don't i don't like this idea of like the rich guy makes everyone's costumes all the time it kind of makes sense for you know the avengers in which he's like i fund everything i make the planes so i kind of get that you know again batman has that history of being like you know i fund the justice league he, he does technically i mean it was wayne money that built the watchtower and, exactly and all yeah that, so. so i i i don't mind all that kind of stuff but i just don't like it so much when it starts to creep into their individual movies i like more the aspect of this character has mm-hmm. risen up on their own and made their own costume and then sure if batman's like you know oh well i'll give you an advanced costume for this justice league story or this justice league adventure but i think it's always important that the character should still have possession of their own I know what you mean clothing, you know, and their, know their, mean, yeah. their origins. And it, again, it comes down to my issue with the Peter Parker thing is that then he becomes Iron Man light. So I don't want it to be, you know, Iron Man Jr. I don't want it to be Batman Jr. either, yeah, totally which I think Ezra Miller has shades of because he is quite sort of like geeky and technical, etc. So, mm-hmm. um, but again, I, I guess that's just me because I go back to like the Justice League cartoon where he was more just a cocky sort of. Uh, ambitious sort of guy he wasn't as sort of nerdy as as Ezra Miller mm-hmm. sort of paints I mean, him to be you know out out of the the few things that I did like from the what we saw of Justice League I did like Ezra Miller's portrayal of the Flash yeah um I I I will agree we haven't really seen that nerdy Flash before but I think it kind of makes sense for the character of the Flash the fact that he's a you know a sign he is not he wouldn't I wouldn't say a scientist but he knows his science you know, um, well, his job is actually like a sort of police forensic, you know, forensic. investigator. Yeah. yeah so. Um, and that's and the thing is, like, and the only reason he joined the police was to avenge his sort of mother's death. Sort yeah. Of, like one of those promises thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he definitely would have been a scientist. Yeah. Of some kind. Um. So I, I think the whole geeky persona makes sense for him. I do like the quips and stuff. Um. I just didn't like it on Batman. <laughs> you know. I hope. Like. I hope we don't get any of that in this film. 
Um, but do you think this is a reset button for DC with the movie, or do you think this is just going to be a movie and let's let's play it out in the thing? I I hope it's not a everything happened has never happened before. No, now. I don't think so. I think it'll be kind of like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, etc. It'll just be like this will be its own thing. We'll tell the story that works in that that film. And then they can side onwards from that, what sort of timeline they want to go with. So, um, multiple if, timelines here. Exactly. Yeah. So, if they decide that, you know, they do want this to be a separate Flash timeline, they can do that. But then, if, say, they do make a Justice League film and everyone loves that one, then they can connect the two and make it so that that was a part of it. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I just don't, I hope it doesn't come like a Batverse film either. You know, that's what, well, you know, I, I really want it to that. be a, you know, let's, a let, let's actually talk about that. Mm. Fuck! <laughs> yeah. Ben Affleck is back. Yeah, yeah. And that, that I did went not under see the that radar. coming. Went really under the radar yeah. on the news, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, I did not see that coming. Like, like, fuck! I didn't see the Michael Keaton thing coming. Yeah. But Ben Affleck, I thought that was that was it. Like yeah. he, he was he because it's he it's he seemed very at peace that he'd not don't want to do this role again. So no, that it, it would have killed. He said it would have killed him if he did the film and stuff like yeah. that. So. Huge news that he's coming back. And also the news came out that it was only prior to the announcement, it was a week ago, Mm. where he got the script and read it and made he put in some stuff, thoughts about the script. And then he was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Fuck! How? (laughs) So we got Keaton and Affleck. Yeah. Okay, I agree with you. I don't want to see Into the Batverse. (laughs) I don't want to see that because it's a Flash movie. Exactly, yeah. But fuck, man. Yeah. If you can bring in Val Kilmer, mm, that, that would be cool. Christian Bale, George yeah. Clooney, even if it's just like a a glimpse. Yeah. Cool, man. That'd be cool. Exactly. That's what I mean. If if you do it in the way that, say, like X-Men did it, that they're like, you know, that we're bringing back the original X-Men, like we're bringing back uh, Halle Berry and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's cool. But but it was never that, like, they took away from James McAvoy's no, story no. Yeah, in that yeah, film. No, at all. So if they can still make it about the Flash and he just happens to come across all these different versions of the characters, I think that's great. But also, I don't want it to just be like, oh, um, everything I've done has affected Batman. I want it to also be... Affect the whole universe. Yeah. yeah, because I think what's cool about that original story is like Wonder Woman becomes more of like a Amazon queen, is it? Or like she's like a... Uh, well, in the comic... Um... Yeah, it's the Amazonians against the Atlanteans. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that that aspect is really interesting. So which I don't the, think they'll do. Uh, I would like to though. <laughs> I'd like to I think. I well, I, I, I would I, like. I, it. I think I read somewhere that they're not doing that. That, no. that element of Flashpoint is not being. No, but I would still like it to be, say, like um, the animated version. I think where you just get like these um, more rogue, villainous versions of the characters. So whether it be like a more sinister Aquaman is going around. It doesn't have to be like the full Atlantis war or anything, or there is a more uh, tyrannical sort of Wonder Woman, mm. not just a bunch of Batman, yeah. <laughs> like have the other heroes another, as well. Uh, yeah. So have yeah, it be I mean, like evil Batman, evil Wonder Woman, evil you, yeah, Aquaman. You could, you could do that, yeah, because yeah. you won't get Superman in there. No. So that that's where I think that the Flashpoint story works is having the different characters and seeing how they all turned out. I don't want to just be like, how did all the Batman turn out? And Flash is just going through a, a museum of Batman, you know, Batman. Like I said, I would love to see, you know, George Clooney and Val Kilmer and all that kind of stuff, but don't just have it only be Batman that he meets. Oh yeah. The yeah. Other characters. yeah. Let's have other people in there. I also think this will be uh, the closing of Ben Affleck's Batman story. Yeah. I think this will be his swan song. You could say, yeah. 
Um, Michael Keaton, though, mm. that I'm more interested in because I think they, you don't, I think you sign him for a couple of films. Mm. I, I would honestly, be, I would be like, most interested. As like the mentor sort of thing. Yeah. But then you do run into the whole Iron Man, Spider-Man sort of thing. Well, if they did it in a, um, if they don't do it with the Flash, I would be most interested in seeing Keaton in a Batman Beyond film and do that sort of like aged yeah, absolutely. Bruce Wayne and have a younger Batman. That's what I would love to see him in the most, mm-hmm. rather than you know I'd love to see him in Flashpoint. But I, I think if he was like you said, have him just turn up in a few scenes. But if I if he was to take a pivotal role and be in more films, I'd like it to be in a Batman story. So we're gonna go on to the next one. Uh, I think this is your favorite one. Mm. And that is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Big surprise for anyone who listened last week when <laughs> Guardians yes. was one of my favorite yes. comic book movies. Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm going to let you start this one off, man. What do you think of the panel and um, and and obviously the footage and everything we got? Honestly, like I, I think I, I enjoyed it the most and it was my biggest surprise because I wasn't... I knew the Matt Reeves Batman was going to be impressive because we had seen a lot more from it. We had seen images, the Batmobile. He had talked about what kind of film it is. And obviously from the Planet of the Apes films, we know that he's a very serious director and he's good at genre. So with Suicide Squad, originally I always thought, oh, it's just going to be like, you know, it could potentially be Guardians meets Suicide Squad. Is that going to work? And then when we saw the behind the scenes images or like the leaked or set photos, it kind of looked to me just as if like it was like, oh, it kind of looks like the original film. They're going to do some sort of prison breakout kind of thing. It's going to be dull, gray, muted colors. But no, this is a completely different animal. And what I was really impressed with is that it is like one of the filmmakers described it as a 70s war movie. I was like, what? You know, and I think James Gunn's humor and characters. Yeah. And the fact that we said before recording this, wasn't it? The most uh, early in the episode, most explosive action film yeah, ever, ever I mean, I, but by, I, you know. I even think that was one of the questions somebody asked him, like how many explosions, and he was like, "I don't know how many exactly, but it's one mm. of the most in yeah. any film." Well, like, the fact that yeah, somebody who works on the Marvel films has worked on this, and he has said that it's like, well, wow, yeah, that must be a lot of explosions, and and I think that's great. I think that you know what works, so you know, some you know you can get on board with the idea of David Ayer's Suicide Squad, you know, they're gangsters, that kind of thing. But I think it really does work from what you can see of this is that they are mercenaries, you know, yeah, and ludicrous, explosive, crazy characters. Um, no, so, no sense of right or wrong sort of thing. Yeah, like. and they're just colorful and crazy. Like the fact I loved, like Captain Boomerang seemed to have some sort of neon boomerangs in like the behind the scenes. I think that was the best way to sell the film is not have some sort of like teaser of oh here's a little glimpse of the story is to show the behind the scenes then goes oh wow i can really see how much effort you made to this film and then yeah you're getting a taste for the the movie itself and the story itself but also the behind the scenes story which i think is just as interesting because whereas if you watch the behind the scenes of the batman you'd be like yeah they're shooting cool you know dark he's having a very serious conversation with him about what the the deeper meaning of this scene. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you have made the most explosive movie ever, then yeah, show show us that, which I think is really cool. I'm really interested by some of the characters here. I think God, some of them. Are um, so and I'm good. also interested in, I don't know what you think about this, the time scale of it. Again, talking about multiverse and timelines and all that kind of stuff. The fact that they call it a 70s war movie, I didn't take that as like, oh, this must be in the 70s. But the fact that John Cena does look like he is from the, the 60s or 70s, I'm like... Peacemaker. Yeah, so I was like, is there some form I of don't, time? I, I don't think so, no. I, didn't. I think this will be... 
still within the extended universe timeline. Yeah, but in terms of time period, I'm saying as well. Like, has it? Does it have? Because it would have to happen after the original to be like that's what I mean. Formed. Be- they've got Margot Robbie. I mean, because Margot Flag. Because Margot Robbie, that was her first time joining the Suicide Squad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And they sort of set that up at the birth, end of Birds of Prey, wasn't it? She kind of goes off on her own yeah. so she could easily then go meet up with them. But I think Peacemaker was the one that just made me question it a bit more. Of like, maybe he is yeah. just... Yeah, so maybe he is just a character that's just never grown up from his 70s persona or something maybe. like that. A, what do you say? Uh, a douchier Captain America. <laughs> yes. Again, <laughs> they've got balls to say that in like a DC, you know, fandom. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is girlfriend has mentioned it. Oh, but I, th- I think for me... Um, the whole panel, I think, had the most... It was the most electrifying panel. Yeah. I think out of all of the ones in DC fandom. And that's purely because of the chaos mm. that is James Gunn and this cast. Like, yeah. Michael uh, Rooker, especially. Yeah, he has I mean, such a close relationship. Exactly. With him. He's always powering him off and giving mm-hmm. him shit. Um, but I think the reason I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to like this film, was like, was that it's that atmosphere that, that James Gunn had with his cast. And the fact that everybody was, it seemed to be, it didn't feel like a, a panel. It felt like a bunch of mates all chatting to each other and talking about a film they've made and stuff like yeah. that. And I just love that sense of community and friendship they've got. And I just think if you've got that on a set, and I'm pretty sure like that panel, that's exactly what it's like on a James Gunn set. Yeah. If you've got that type of vibe going, this movie's going to be fine. Like everyone's having a good time and we're doing some great stuff. So yeah, this movie's going to be great. And I think it's fantastic as well that kind of like Patty Jenkins as well, that he was like, you know, I've been hard working on the edit of this film. It doesn't come across as a like, you know, oh, it's been edited now, you know, hopefully it'll be, you know, he he's taking ownership of this. It's like he is editing it himself. It's like his, his vision of the movie, which is really great. And because he moderated that panel as well yeah. which I think he did a pretty good job of doing yeah and that was really fun is that you know he originally cops up and then they all start popping up you know, one by one and they're all the character reveals we finally got to find out who everyone's playing yeah um, most surprising for me was Idris Elba I mean everyone well not everyone but I think most people including myself was like I think he's going to be Bronze Tiger mm. and no he's Bloodsport and I was like okay yeah. cool like you call me Weasel fucking amazing that's <laughs> yeah, so weird yeah. so weird and it just goes to, it proves my point that they didn't even mention Taika Waititi mm. and I said from the get go he will be the first one to die yeah he's gonna play most minor of character that they don't even need to talk about him because yeah. he will just die exactly that's what you're, you're always looking at those behind the scenes and the the footage to kind of be like are they there now are they you know so exactly. like who, who's left of there exactly yeah. yeah so it was like I think at the beginning there was like uh, what's his name Pete Davidson's character. Yes, black like, guy. He didn't seem to be like running around with them on the beach and stuff, but he was there when they were sort of walking away from the American flag. So I was like, oh, does he, is he one of the early ones? I'd be surprised because he's quite, you know, a rising talent, mm. but... Um, he's a good thinker. Yeah, but that's what I loved about that reveal trailer. So like loads of people jumping on the, the shark, you know, King Sharks sure, or like, yeah. you know, giving the thumbs up or the wave. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the same with Peter, you know, I love Peter Capaldi. He's such a fantastic actor. He's great in the thick of it. He's great in Doctor Who. So I, yeah, I just loved seeing him there. Like, you know, just this crazy, <laughs> this crazy thinking helmet. Yeah, right? exactly. Thing is, like, the, the, the behind the scenes trailer, whatever you want to call it, that was great. That was fantastic. But you could have just released the, you know, the character the video. That would have been enough for us. Yeah. But so I thought overall this panel was a huge success. Yeah. Like, I, it elevated my hype. I was hyped. I was hyped to this film because I was like, 
James Gunn makes sense to do a Suicide Squad. So let's see what he does. Fan of the, but now I'm just like, fuck, give me this movie now, yeah. like. And that's why I'm most pumped for it because I think that it is very likely you'll still hit this date next year. With like the Batman, because like said, it's still August uh, next year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the Batman, whereas they've had delayed filming, something could easily happen with that release date, or something might happen to push it back. So that's why I'm like, yeah, I know that the Suicide Squad, they're editing in and out. It's all yeah, locked they're in. They're doing VFX. Yeah. Um, and lastly, on the look of the characters, I also think Harley Quinn looks probably her best she Bad has for ass. ages. Like the red and black, I've been waiting for that for day one. That just, since for me, it's inspired from the Arkham games, that, that look of that's Harley. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, they, they captured that really well. <laughs> I think that's a great part of the characters that they... They made that new look for her in the original film. It sort of really went well because obviously it's the kind of look that they've adapted in the cartoon show and other video games and appearances she's made. But to have her so, like, you know, her hair and her makeup is all, you know, with that red and black. Yeah, it just made sense to me and it looks amazing. And she looks then really a part of the team. Mm -hmm. So whereas if she was there in, like, her short shorts with a baseball bat and the blonde hair with blue and pink i don't think she would have like quite mixed in with characters like rat catcher and no Rick, Rick yeah. Flag, she looks a bit more raw a bit more rustic you could yeah say, with this look yeah yeah more yeah more like a, a, a like trademark villain. Yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. like more of a trademark villain rather, rather than, than a supermodel sort of thing. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah okay man so we're gonna go into the the big dog the one i think most people apart from the batman that most people were looking forward to, and that is obviously Zack Schneider's Justice League. Yes. So, the panel itself, um, I mean, we discussed this before we started recording, the panel itself was okay. You know, again, very much like Wonder Woman, uh, not much new information, because he's talked so much about this film. We've seen so many images that he's been posting for the (laughs) last year or so. So we've always been like, oh shit, Darkseid, oh shit, like Steppenwolf looks badass, and you know, oh, Barry Allen doing this, all these crazy things that we didn't see. Yeah. But he teased. And like he said, you know, the movement, the Zach, you know, released the Snyder Cut, they were probably like, please give us something so we can use for our movement. Exactly, you know, exactly. yeah. So I I think the panel, more than anything, was about the movement. Yeah. Uh, he asked fans questions and then the cast asked him questions. It would have been nice if the cast could have been live. Mm. Whatever, but you know, it it just would have been nice if they could have all got together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, it was still impressive that Ben Affleck, you know, was was there, etc. And like, I'm um, surprised he was there and he asked the question. Yeah, but yeah, man. So it was pretty much Zach talking to the fans mm-hmm. about how this movement was coming together. I mean, we all know the stories, mm. <laughs> but we're, we're we're here to talk about the trailer because that's what everyone was for, mm. and uh, also him revealing the details of it. You oh know, yes, yes, four parts. Four parts. It's one hours long. And then he's going to do some sort of assembly cut. Yeah. And then he did say for us people over here in Europe, they will be, they are sorting out some distribution. So I think, I think it makes sense. I think it also builds great anticipation. Ooh, what's happening next week? Yeah. You know, um, let's start with that in the terms of like, do you like the format? And also what do you think of this? I mean, we've always suspected it's going to be this huge epic long thing, but what do you like the length? Do you think it's going to be good to be for it to be this long? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. I think that, like you said, you know, we're going back to, again, the days of, like, the animated series. You know, Justice League, in some ways, then feels right to me, actually, serialized in that way. Um, but also, you know, you haven't... That is the one argument you can make for not having established universes. You know, it's very hard to have a Justice League film in which you haven't established all the characters in their own films. So to then have a two-hour film in which they first all meet up, it's like... Ugh. 
So to have it in, you know, four parts an hour each, it gives it that time to fully go to Atlantis, go to Themyscira, mm-hmm. you know, see them come together in, in, in the proper way. And especially when you're dealing with a character like Darkseid, which is such a massive... Mm. And Step and all, all the new gods, basically. Yeah, exactly. Steppenwolf and all that lot. I mean, you... You saw in that, because remember when uh, Zack Schneider released, just before Fandom, released that image of Steppenwolf? Mm, yeah. And it had the timestamp on it? Yes, yeah. It was something like, it was just one minute, 12, uh, sorry, one hour and 12 minutes or something like that. And I, and then it was obviously all online that Steppenwolf, in the theatrical version of Justice League, came into the movie 22 minutes in. Right, yeah, so, so you've got quite a difference. That, <laughs> so you got basically an hour of build-up before the guy comes in. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So... Yeah, I, I'm fully on board with like just if you're gonna have it, have as much as it, as you can. And like I said, I think that you know alternate cuts do work a lot better when you have got that time and space to. Even if like some people do feel like, oh, I've seen a lot of this before. But what that's what's interesting about theatrical cuts is you can be watch something you're familiar with for 20 minutes, but then suddenly you're like, changes. Oh, well, yeah, that that shot wasn't there before. Yeah. You know, I didn't see this angle before. So, and that's what fans i guess love so mm-hmm. yes i especially when it came for me the lord of the rings films mm, like yeah. you you watch those in the cinema and then when you get those extended versions like, oh that's new and that's yeah new. exactly that that's what people enjoy. and then and, and and same for bvs as well you know when i saw the ultimate edition um i'd be like oh shit that's new and that oh this makes more sense now because because that's been established and this has been you know fleshed out a bit more um so i yeah i'm you know me, longer the better. I love long movies and stuff like that. So I, I think for something as epic as the Justice League, yeah. Yeah, and I'm interested right. what he, what will be done with the new footage and the new VFX mm-hmm. he wants to do with the new budget he has. Well, we've, so. we've seen stuff from the trailer um, of all that, you know, looks predominantly like Superman's going to be in the black suit. Yeah. Um, way more Flash stuff. Way more Aquaman. Didn't really hint at more Aquaman stuff. Yeah, but. it was more like what we had already seen, but different yeah. angles and stuff like yeah. that uh way more cyborg i mean zach has been saying this for ages that he is the heart of the movie yeah um very surprising and um, well let's get actually let's get into the fucking trailer yeah we we open the trailer <laughs> with yeah. fucking dark side <laughs> yeah okay normally that's your that's your end shot yeah exactly so <laughs> the fact that right at the top he i was like okay here we go um the choice of music i thought was interesting yeah threw me off guard at the beginning but then once i settled in i'm like yeah it's very zach schneider yeah exactly uh this um autonomous uh almost music video style trailer very slow-mo and all this sort of stuff so it was very zach schneider um all the footage we saw i think eight i would say 90 percent of everything we saw was new footage yeah and yeah it was just impressive that everything looked different if you know it like you said different angles different sort of color, color palettes, palettes yes yeah. yeah everything the visual effects itself look different the costumes they just the color grading everything yeah well we were talking about steppenwolf before recording exactly he like looked he looks bitching. so different like, yeah, yeah like, like looks epic <laughs> like with all those spikes coming up in his face like I, I hated the way he looked in the theatrical cut he just looked like a video game character yeah. to me is he still like voiced by that Ciara actor Hins. is he like was that a snyder choice or was that for a, a whedon thing i don't know um actually. i'm not sure i think i would imagine that it probably is a snyder choice yeah because i could see like from the design of the character i could see him kind of just being a brutish like non-speaking sort of character yeah if, but if all the new that. gods speak yeah i mean because yeah. we all we got um what was his name 
Who was voicing Darkseid? Ray Porter. Yeah. Ray Porter, that was mm. it. So, yeah, so he's going to have a few lines. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering Whether if they were doing it in a sort of, like, prequel. he's the main speaker and then everyone else is kind of, like, more thugs in that they might say one or two things. Mm. So. We'll see. But, yeah, um, I don't know. This is the thing. I don't know if Darkseid's going to be the main antagonist. Yeah. I think he will be the guy there in Apocalypse, yeah. but Steppenwolf will be the main antagonist. Um, we'll see, but this, I mean... It's Zack Schneider, this trailer. Like, I don't really know what else you can say. You're going to get a Zack Schneider film. Whether or not you're a Zack Schneider fan, that's, that's a different question. Whether, but whether or not this film will be better than the theatrical cut is a different question. But what I can guarantee you is that we are going to get Schneider's version of what he wanted to do. Exactly, yeah. And the music choice is almost very on nose in a way as well, isn't it? It's like he fans used it literally. Watchmen. Yeah. yeah. But fans are literally there like, hallelujah, it's come, you know, like what, what we've waited for this entire time. So yeah. that opening shot as well, you know, of like the desolate wasteland. Did you see like the Justice League uh, tower? I loved that. So yeah, that, that was great to choice. me, that looks like a uh, vision of the future of what could happen. Very much like BVS in the nightmare scene where, you know, Batman is in that sort of der- the desert place. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. like, well, after having seen umbrella academy recently is kind of like that as well isn't yes, it like yeah. you know like trying to avoid the apocalypse in which the umbrella academy is destroyed mm-hmm. and they're coming out of the rubble it kind of reminded me of of that a bit um so i'm i'm super pumped for it uh, what about you i mean because you you're half half with the, the his films aren't you yeah yeah like i sort of enjoyed like everything he made new and saw world building with man of steel but i was unsure about the sort of finale and the you know like how big a scale it was and the sort of decisions like with zod etc and yeah i think batman v superman i was you know really like i was on with the sort of negative side of people i came out of that like what the hell was that what's going on but like i said it is crazy how i've made a complete 180 of the more when people were making all this noise i was kind of like oh give it a rest for god's sake it's not gonna happen but then when they proved I, me wrong yeah. it was like fair play to you so and, you know, the more I did think about it, the more I was like, you know what, it is wrong what they did to him. And to take away the creative vision of a director like that is quite, you know, a bad thing to do. Because originally you did see the film and kind of bought into what they were telling you, which was the, oh, no, this is very much still the same film. And it's like, yeah, you said, they were selling it like, oh, yeah, he just came in and did pickups. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, so the more you see of um, especially like scenes like wonder woman where the flash falls on her breasts and you know like yes, literally yeah. the actress is batman even cracking jokes and yeah like gal gadot is not even there to like you know the actress is like turned away so you can tell that there was like that awkward atmosphere amongst the actors that they're like i'm not doing that scene that's like really stupid humor Pervy, yeah so um yeah the, the, the more i thought about stuff like that the more i've gone bored with it it will be interesting to see if i do like it in the sense of like i've had problems with batman v superman etc because i i wasn't I've always been like, just tell the stories, you know, like give us the Superman well, that we know and that kind of stuff. Well, but again, this multiverse idea has changed everything for me now that I'm like, okay. Dark, I hate, I hate to break it to you, David, but uh, <laughs> and to anyone really. But, you know, uh, if you didn't enjoy Man of Steel or BVS, you, Justice League, you probably won't enjoy either. Because mm. it's, it's, like I said, it's going to be Zack Schneider's type of film. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and like, despite the criticisms of Man of Steel and BVS, that truly were his visions. Like, uh, yeah. He, Every every uh, decision he made in that was intentional. Exactly, and that's why I'm like, that's why I'm curious. I'm like, mm, okay, but because it is longer, 
that's where like a lot of people like obviously say with the ultimate cut with Batman v Superman makes it a completely different film. Yeah. So I that's mean, why I'm like, yeah. well, maybe I'll, I will I'll be, enjoy I'll be this. One of those people. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I didn't like the theatrical cut really, um, but over time I've grown to love the ultimate edition. So that's where I could be a lot more on board with a fi- you know a film or series whatever you want to call it that has that time and you know space to tell the story properly. So yeah, it'll be interesting. But I'm really excited for it just because of how different it is. And how ambitious it's being and and the fact that I think the multiverse aspect of it has changed everything for me. So whereas before watching Matt, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, I was going in like, no, this isn't Batman, this isn't Superman, blah 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 blah. Sticking now, it as like that's the that's the only canon. Sort yeah, of thing. exactly. So I you know, while I don't think that that was the best way to sort of bring in like a universe of characters still, but if you're gonna sell it as like like the Batman, the Matt Reeves, this is an alternate version timeline, that's fine. So now I'm more on board with that that aspect of it. So, because you can basically be like, if I don't like it, it doesn't matter, because I got another Batman there. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. Cool, the Snyder Cuts, coming sometime in 2021. Yes. Uh, 2021's going to be huge for DC. Yes. Like, they've got a lot coming out. Well, just comic book movies in general, most of them have been pushed, All pushed into yeah. that. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Uh, so we'll move into the Black Adam panel. Now again, th- they've nothing. They like they've got nothing. I mean, uh, they got some concept art, which, funnily enough, uh, they teamed up with Boss Logic. Yeah. And Boss Logic did all that concept art for them, which which was I thought was pretty cool. But you know, this panel, <laughs> it was The Rock trying to sell a cult. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to me, that's what it sounded like. And look, I bless him. Like he's so charismatic. He like. If you want to put the rock on for twenty minutes to talk, okay, because <laughs> yeah. like he can do it exactly. Like, yeah, um, but yeah, there's there's not really much to talk about. And you could do it too, Jake. You can yeah, be can a part of the, like, you know, you can get a physical fitness plan with the rock for only twenty nine ninety nine. Genuinely, and then when the other guy came on, he was like, "Oh, you're doing your workouts, and yeah, stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah." you doing your cult stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's like i don't want to come around there and have to tell you a lesson how to work out but yeah so for most of the panel i was like okay cool yeah yeah whatever like black i've never been huge into black adam i don't know much about him really i've read some stuff but not really um but then they fucking say they're gonna bring in the jsa and i lost my shit man as soon as they, they showed that image of dr fate yeah Fuck, man. Yes. Like, Dr. Fate is one of my favorite DC characters. Yeah. Again, one of those offshoot characters that no one really thinks of. Uh, but, you know, the helmet of Nobu and all that stuff. Like, there's so much lore behind Dr. Fate and the fact that the mantle just keeps on getting passed down and all that. Uh, Hawkman, they're going to be... Fuck, man. So, yeah, the, the JSA, that puts me up. And I was like, okay, this is interesting now. Um, but I'm still... The problem I have with Black Adam is that you could say he's an anti-hero, but I don't look at him as an anti. I, he's a villain. I see him. I've always seen him as a villain. And the problem with that is that you can't cast The Rock as a villain. Yeah. That's why they've made him into an anti-hero, just because it's The Rock. You know what I mean? And I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how you, because you're going to have to really change this character. Yeah to um like and i get the whole thing of like he's immoral he doesn't know he has the black adam justice and only his justice when i go well then that's not really an anti-hero that's a villain yeah exactly so like and you know batman tries to work with the police you're just going around killing people so (laughs) yeah yeah and that's where i think the 
cultish aspect comes into it because it felt like Dwayne Rock Johnson was trying to sell you this idea like he's a different type of guy like you know he's on the edge you know he's been like tarnished from all the things that have happened to him yeah Yeah, so you were like okay we get it you know so that's where to me it felt like a bit overbearing in that it felt like we that's the film you're going to see is that you know you're going to like it that this guy thinks (laughs) he's right you know that he thinks you know he's on the edge I'm more powerful than Superman yeah yeah, exactly and I was like okay and I, I I don't want to say I don't like Dwayne Johnson. I like him fine. But I think for me, he's kind of one of those actors, and I think anybody would agree with this, you know, he's not got range. He's not a character. No, he's, he's not, not he hasn't got the biggest range. No, he's no, a movie star. Exactly. He's not an actor. He's, he's a... a uh, he's not an actor. No, he's not a character actor. He no. sort of plays, you know, Dwayne Johnson in most of his roles. Uh, whereas, like I said, but there's fine, you know, you get actors like that, Mark Wahlberg, George, George Clooney, they play themselves kind of thing. And... Um, ben Affleck in a way yeah but and like, Will he Smith plays himself Will Smith yeah. is the the mm. guy who was like so that's where I have a problem with these type of actors being in comic book films because like I said I found it hard to find Will Smith as Deadshot I just saw it as Will Smith being Will Smith um, and that's where I feel that I'd be watching this being like I don't see that as Black Adam see I see it, it as, see as Dwayne Johnson so and it's also that idea and again try to stop mentioning cults but it is the idea that he he does latch himself to things. He was like, hey, I really want to be in a Disney film. So I'm going to like, you know, go on to this um, Jungle Cruise thing. And hey, look at me, guys. I'm doing Jungle Cruise. It's just like how I was doing Jumanji. I've taken Jumanji. This is my thing now. And I've taken Fast and the Furious. This is my thing now. He seems very possessive of like franchises. And he's like, I want to be in that franchise. Like I said, we'll talk about it later. But Shazam, Fury of the Gods. You know, maybe they should just call that Fury of Dwayne Johnson. Johnson. You know? Well, this is the thing. I don't think he'll be the villain for that. No. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think it would be on for that. Let's get into that then. We'll, that's a perfect segue into the Shazam two panel. Even though <laughs> they basically were just having yeah. fun and telling <laughs> jokes to each other, I thought it was the, one of the funniest panels. Like uh, Zachary Levi, he's just a comic genius. And, yeah, and all that. And and David Sandberg, the director, he's hilarious, but in a completely different way yeah he's just got this sort of very dry satire sort of comedy about him yeah um so and the kids are great they're so fantastic especially jack dylan gray's i think i think he's got so much charisma to him um but this obviously didn't show anything they announced the title yeah fury of the gods Mm. pretty cool title yeah exactly yeah um but not much else so i mean are you looking did you like shazam are you looking forward to yeah, the second one? Yeah, I think the second viewing, I enjoyed it a lot more. So the first time I kind of thought it was like, yeah, it was okay. Um, but yeah, the second time viewing it, I saw appreciated a lot more elements of it. And yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, while I didn't find like the characters or the powers and stuff, so say like Suicide Squad, I'm like, oh yeah, you got like these, this guy who like chucks polka dots at people, you know, that's weird and stupid. And that's I, what, I love yeah, it. You love that. Exactly. Shit, yeah. So whereas, like, you know, these people are just a bunch of supermen, basically, and they, they just, you know, fly. they got super strength. So, But that's where I think, for me, the interesting element is the villains. So again, you know, crazy little caterpillar at the end of the Mr. film. Mind. That, that's my kind of thing. You know, yeah. you've got some weird, weird, like, uh, characters. So as long as, you know, it's him and the gods, you know, I, I think I'll be on board with it. And if they lean more into the magic elements of it, I think that'll be interesting as well because, you know, they've, they've opened up that world in the first film. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm glad that there wasn't a sort of like, hey, uh, this is Shazam, but plus, you know, now we got Henry Cavill back 
friendly with DC, you know, he's going to be involved, or yes. uh, Dwayne Johnson will. So I'm glad they made the panel just about them, yeah, and they yeah. didn't make it about Henry Cavill. Because it is rumoured that he's going to make a cameo, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But I'm glad they didn't make it about that. Yeah, because then that, all the news would be about that. Yeah, and it would then become Shazam and, uh, is the Henry Cavill. So. Sinbad. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> that Such was a good job. Amazing. The fact that because I want to see Kazam too. I want to see the fact that he, if people think that he was in Shazam yeah. and Kazam, and yeah. he wasn't in either. <laughs> so they were like, let's get him for Shazam yeah. too. Brilliant. And the fact he was like, I've got range, man. I could do this kind of character. It was fully up like Brilliant. Zachary Levi's road that was great oh I that was it. fantastic uh, he'll obviously just be a cameo or something like that but that is mm. gold gold, <laughs> yeah. gold gold and that's what was so good about the panel is refreshing because you had seen all these serious panels and let's talk about what this is going to feature who's going to be in it like oh it's, you know zach how did you do this so to have that type of panel it was a good refreshing way of doing it so i like that they did hopefully plan that that they said hey zach you know we've got these type of panels so we'd like it if you got this different type of panel and it's kind of like they're transparent about the fact that they haven't got much they can talk about, which yeah. is I mean, I think as well, the character, well, not, sorry, the, the person that Zachary Levi is, yeah. I think he would have just done sort of something like that anyway. Yeah, like. exactly. But um, I think because they had obviously made him more of a skit kind of thing that, mm-hmm. you know, like hopefully it was planned in that way. But yeah, if this film is going to come out in 2024 or something, then it's also right that we don't get too excited yet about it as well. But this is the thing. So I don't think we'll get Fury of the Gods. It implies that we're going to go deeper into the lore of, of the gods and, and their powers and stuff like that. Yeah. So well, it'll, it'll be it interesting like... because I don't think I don't think Black Adam will be the villain for the second one. And I don't think Mr. Mind will be the villain either. Because with the name of Fury of the Gods, I don't know. I, I see with Mr. Mind, he's famous for forming the Monster Society of Evil. Yeah. So that would be cool if they did that for the third film. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting who the actual villain will be. Is it? So uh, again, I'm not up on like Shazam lore. Is it that the the family, the the chairs, the Shazam cetera? family, yeah. So it's them and then are the gods like a completely separate thing then? No, they're, like, they're, they're, well, the god. I mean, they have the power of the gods. Mm, yeah, exactly. So it's like, I mean, Shazam, he's got all the powers. Oh, yeah, because it's like based on like on the Greek gods. Hercules and yeah. you know, like, um, yeah, so you've got the speed of... Uh, Hermes and, and yeah, all Atlas and all yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, those are the gods. Right. Okay. So, is it, so would it that imply that title that they would be those original gods would be involved, or would it be? Mm. I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> I mean, well, we got this. This movie's not coming up for a while. Yeah. So. so they've played it in the right way. It's you know getting a little tease, like Black Adam was like here's a logo. You know, I think mm, they've done it in the right way. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's go into the last one and the one everyone, the one by this time I was so tired I wanted to go to bed, <laughs> but I was determined to stay up. And as soon as this panel started, I was not tired anymore. No, the Giacchino music style, you're like doom, 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 and then and then especially as this guy just started talking, I was totally invested. And that is the Batman director Matt Reeves. Uh, so the panel opened up with Robert Patterson. He obviously couldn't be there, yeah. <laughs> so he sent a little video. Um, he just looks so chill, doesn't he? Yeah. Like I don't think there's been any other actor who's played Batman that's been a so. He's just so laid back. He's just like, yeah, man, this is cool. I'm playing the, I'm playing the Batman. Like you know that sort of thing. But then we get these like so Matt Reeves comes out, obviously the director, and is he? Did he write the script as well, or is he? Or is he co-writing? The yeah, co-co-writing. Co-writing. I think, I think yeah. he's co-writer with somebody else. Mm. 
Um, and then he just starts going into, you know, his version of what he wanted to do with this character. And it was just so electrifying, magnetic, that this guy is just spewing all this, um, his ideas of what he wants to do with this character, well, what they are doing with this character and the world. It's so interesting. It's so unique to what, we, uh, what we've seen before in, in the films, that is. Um, and really, in my sense, really, he's really getting into the core of Batman and the core of the comics. Um, this whole, you know, going into deep about the corruption of Gotham and how that's the huge part of this whole thread line. The fact that Batman's going to be, it's more of a murder mystery detective story. He's following a trail of villains. And I'm, him going on to this, like, we've never seen that. Like, the closest we've seen that, I would say, visually, is Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Uh, and even and you know that being a cartoon, there's certain stuff you can't you can't step the line on. So I I, I think we're going to be into something really special here, uh, ab- absolutely really interesting. And and again, Matt Reeves, man, what a guy! Like he's he's so invested in this, and I can't wait to see yeah. what he does. Yeah, what I found interesting is that him saying, you know, when I originally did filmmaking, you know, I wanted to do things about characters. He didn't expect to do genre, genre. pieces. And then he did the Apes movies. Yeah. yeah, so he then went, well, actually, I realized how I can do character films is through genre, which I think is is fantastic. And I think that's really good because that's what makes those ape films work you, so well because exactly. it's about you, Caesar's journey, etc. Exactly. You explore, you cater for everyone, basically. You cater for maybe more snobby cinephiles who like deep character stories. Um, but you also cater to the blockbuster f- uh, fan people. Like. Yeah, and the fact that he does draw inspiration so much from cinema history. So, uh, War of the Planet of the Apes, for example, is so uh, got elements of uh, the, you know the lone western sort of hero, etc. And like with this, he was talking about taxi Chinatown. driver, Chinatown. Chinatown yeah. yeah, so you know that that's that's fantastic. Any seventies uh, crime film, basically. Yeah, exactly. Said, yeah. yeah, which I think is great. Um, like two things I hope that people don't like latch on to as much is that uh, I've seen still a few, you know, obviously you're going to get this, uh, but I hope once the film comes out, people just stop because it's just not funny at this stage. I saw somebody on my Facebook put, oh, that Batman film looks like the best Twilight film yet. And I'm like, just oh, give, stop. Just give it Fuck a rest. Off. Like, <laughs> like, honestly, it's just such an like, old joke. Like, like nobody cares. No, <laughs> I, nobody, nobody cares. Anymore, no, man. exactly. So Robert Pattinson doesn't care. No, <laughs> like, so. It's like, you know, it's like how Michael Keaton and people like that must have felt years ago. But with that, you know, at least it's, ba- you know, with Batman or Star Wars, for example, you know, if uh, Mark Hamill keeps being mentioned about Star Wars. But again, at least it's like a big, cool franchise. Whereas, you know, I'm sure Rob Patterson doesn't want to keep being associated no, he with doesn't. that franchise. he doesn't. And the, and the thing is that I hate it because so many people were so quick to jump on Robert Patterson when he was cast. Oh, this guy from Twilight, blah, 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 or whatever they were saying. And I'm just like, yo, have you not seen any of his other films that he's done afterwards? This guy is one of the best actors right now, like in like in terms of like that age bracket and what he's doing. He's getting hired by the best filmmakers at the minute. You know, he's in Tenet. He's, you know, he's in all these big movies. He did, he's doing stuff for Netflix and... He does like you know the lighthouse, like a weird film a with weird. like Willem Dafoe, you know. So if you know if he's opposite Willem Dafoe, you know he's good. <laughs> exactly, and then he's doing Tenet with Christopher Nolan, and then he goes and does The King on Netflix, which where he where he plays a Frenchman with his thick French accent. And yeah, like, and I was watching that, I'm like, okay, like fucking. Uh, so yeah, I'm tired of all that shit. Like I'm sold, especially after the trailer, which we'll talk about in a second. But I'm sold that he's gonna kill it. 
Yeah. I, 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 I really am think he's going to be a great Batman. Yeah, I think so. He, and a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And that was the thing I was most surprised about and I was shocked by. And I said to you when uh, we saw like messaging each other in reaction to everything, as much as I loved the Suicide Squad and that was still probably my most excited, but I was blown away by when I saw the Batman first appear on screen because... We had seen bits of it, and we there was that the poster images. they released. Yeah. There was you saw uh, the, the but music. But to actually see it there, yeah. but that first image when it's Jeffrey. First of all, I was already on a, a, like a high because Jeffrey Wright was there and looked perfect as the character because we knew he was going to be amazing. Look, fucking brilliant! Yes, Whoever yeah. cat like because why hasn't this been done before? Why yeah. hasn't it been cast as Gordon before? Yeah. Like, it's just perfect. And why has he never really been an actual detective before? Because again, as much as I love the Nolan films and Gary Oldman, you know, he was always just kind of there, you know, on the outskirts. But here, you see him walk in, he was like looking at the, the crime scene, you know, he, and that's why it makes sense if they're doing this Gotham police series, you know, like he's got a history in, in television right, yeah. uh, space With because Westworld. he was in Westworld. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but then to cut to that shot of Batman standing there, Chris, um, uh, Rob Patson. Robert Robert Patson. Sorry, so many names in my head. Then um, I was just blown away. I literally audibly went, "Oh my god!" Because that to me was Batman. I was like, "Wow!" It, the fact that he's in a room full of other officers. I was just like, "We haven't really seen that before." It's normally in like the Nolan films. We got close, but. The the Gordon there would always be like, can you guys yeah. leave the room? Yeah, I'm and just going to go on the roof now. I'm just yeah. going to, yeah. yeah. Here, he's there. Yeah. And all the officers, and I remember Matt Reeves saying that this is because it's, it's a year two, like a lot of the cops are not sure of him. And then in this trailer, there was that scene of, it looks like he's in a room f- surrounded by cops and they're all like trying to beat him up or something. Mm, yeah. Um, did you you remember seeing that? It was yeah. a very small, quick clip where yeah. he's, he seems like he's tussling up between some cops and like one of them holds him up. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, because they were sort of flipping between a lot of that and then the also the criminals, which he was beating up as well. Exactly. So it, so I'm really interested to see what they do there because that reminds me of the Batman I read in the comics where he was really working with the police as much as, as, much as he could. Yeah, that's and why I always liked. He's a detective. He's a know? detective. He's mm. trying to... He's not trying to... Like his goal, he has his own sense of justice, but he wants that justice to be Im- implemented into the system. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like he's being completely a vigilante. He's trying to work with the. And that's what Matt Reeves was so passionate about yeah. is that, you know, he's trying to do this and then failing. And that's what exactly. was so interesting about it. So and it's I great. think, and I think we didn't, we haven't really seen a Batman fail that much in the movies, that is. And it, it made me like, that's what blew me away is because as soon as I saw him, like a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, he's struggling to get in shape for the role. He needs to be hench. But I've never thought that again, like watching the animated hench, series yeah. and stuff or Batman Beyond. I always enjoyed that. You know, maybe it's because I like Spider-Man and stuff, but I think that it does suit him to be a bit more like of a slender sort of character because yeah. he saw like goes through the shadows and he's got this like long cape. So I've never seen him as, and that's why, you know, I don't look at Ben Affleck's one and go, oh yeah. But again, that, I know that that's based on the Frank that's Miller. That's the Frank Miller Batman. Exactly. That, that, that was intentional for him to be hulked out. But yeah, most of the time, if you look at Neil Adams' uh, Batman, which is, you know, uh, arguably one of the, you know, with the blue cowl and stuff, arguably one of the most famous Batman images. It's, he's sl- so not slim, but he's just like, toned he's got muscles but he's not bulked out like superman yeah and it's also as if the cowl i I know i think it's just his eyes isn't it his normal eyes he's got the makeup yeah Yeah, but it looks as if like 
he has an element of that animated sort of like white eyes. I don't know if it's just that Robert Pattinson has, you know, more white in his eyes than other actors, or maybe he doesn't have as much color in his eyes so it stands out more, or maybe they've edited it that way. But to me, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, whoa, it looks actually like he does have the white eyes. I think his jawline is a big part of it as well. I know this is a bit petty, but but it is. But like uh, Christian Bale, for example, I looked back at pictures of him and I was like, yeah, I'm not looking at that. I'm seeing Batman. I'm seeing a, you know, a a military guy, you know, he has quite a round chin. So to have this chiseled square chin, it it makes sense with the Mm. costume. Well, the Christopher Nolan's movies were a very militarization of Batman. Yeah. And I think that's also the other thing I was going to say was that um, I saw, uh, so Dave, Lee, who's like a YouTuber I watch, and I agree with him on loads of stuff in terms of Star Wars, etc. But he talked about how he was surprised a lot of people were saying how original they felt it was, but he felt that it was quite Nolan-esque. And I could see what he means by that. And what Matt Reeves was talking about is stuff that Nolan has touched on. But when you do watch that trailer, you are like, no, this is a lot more gothic, dark, and like I said, detective-esque than what Nolan I mean, did. The, I think just because it's dark and gritty doesn't mean it's then instantly Nolan. But again, you could still be like, oh, well, like Bruce Tim, you know, like yeah. like the Anna, because, you know, again, we were talking earlier about how that's very inspired by noir. You've got the red sky and, you know, yeah. the dark if, elements of the if animation. Anything, if anything, I would say this Batman is more create, uh, more related to David Fincher films than Chris Nolan. Yeah, that's true. Like yeah. the whole, uh, I'm getting a very, uh, from the riddle, a very Zodiac sort of villain you know that is always speaking through letters sort of thing while he's killing people and you know teasing the batman to trying to catch him um so yeah i'm I'm getting a lot of that i'm getting the seven you know, seven film vibes from this um and also the action scenes obviously we didn't see much action but that one scene where he beats up that guy where he's like who the, like who are you uh honestly it was so nice to see this focus shot of violence because I with most comic book violence you're here and then you're there and then you're up there you're just constantly moving the camera here they just focus on him bellowing into yeah. this guy like, bruh, bruh, because bruh. there was a rumor the other day they could be going R-rated with this did you see that I, just, I can't see that happening I, I can't but I saw that shot and thought well there could be an argument from that because he does I wouldn't, lay I, into it so much I wouldn't be I, I would I'd, if they did like a an arc cut and then you released it on the Blu-ray? Yeah. Cool. But considering the success of Logan, Deadpool, I think they could still make it sizable money. Though. Yeah. It's Batman. You need those kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, it's, 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 the, it's the truth, though. Even I will be the first one to say I, it needs to be PG-13. Yeah. But I think, like you said, that fight scene is the one which they are on the line there. They are like, on the line. That's probably the right way to go about it. If you do want to go close. A, lo- a lot of uh, R-rated stuff, it comes down to the amount of blood shown. Yeah. That not so not necessarily the violence itself, but how much blood is spewed. Just write on the walls and blood instead of showing it <laughs> coming from exactly. The it's not as scary. Like. Yeah. Um. What else have we talked about the Batman? So yeah, we talked about Jeffrey Wright. A uh, very quick shot of Colin Farrell yeah. as a uh, Oswald Cobble Cobblepot. Yeah. We're not too sure. How, that's that's gonna be strange. Also, I liked his comment that he said that you know, he isn't the Penguin yet, and he doesn't like being he doesn't called like being that. called the Penguin. So I felt more on board because originally I felt that Colin Farrell was a weird choice for Penguin especially because Jonah Hill was being thrown into the mix before but that's such an obvious choice yeah Yeah. so I think that yeah it's interesting from that point of view because I think he almost 
kind of suggested that he is he said a, he said kingpin at some point didn't he so i think he's seen as like he is a i mean man. i've always sort of looked at penguin as the mob boss you know yeah. sort of guy so yeah i mean uh, i can see it like um i mean i i read as well i don't think it was said in the dc fandom that uh batman's already had dealings with the penguin in his first year you know sort of thing so there's a bit there's already a bit of history there between them yeah Definitely won't be any exploding penguins. No, like, no exploding like, like with to little rockets. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Obviously not. He said it again. She's not Catwoman yet. She's Selena Kyle. Uh, but you did see an ode with when she the little ears on the mask she was wearing. I think she's great casting for great Catwoman casting. As well, absolutely, so the short great. scene we saw of them two engaging looked kind of cool with them having a little tuss up there. Yeah. I think that's what's impressive is that I watched that entire thing and didn't feel like, oh, I'm disappointed I didn't see her in a Catwoman suit because I'm so happy with the Batman suit, the car and everything. I'd be fine if like all the villains are just... But the fact that... But the reason I'm not upset by it is because two things. One, because Matt Reeves has said they're not there yet. This Mm, is... Exactly. They are on their path to becoming the the characters that we know and love. Uh, And also the fact that there's, there's nods to the costumes that's good enough for me like at this point in their in their stage Mm. i feel that maybe the only one we will get that fully with is riddler and i'm not saying he's going to be like jim carrey in a like like no spandex maybe just like a green suit exactly yeah so just a green like they did in gotham yeah and like a staff or something so i think but whereas i feel that zoe kravitz and penguin will just be in you know like said thief gear and a, a suit and then they will progress more on but because it seems like riddler is the bigger villain because at the end they've got like the question, the question marks, marks. yeah he's definitely the, the main villain. he'll yeah. probably be the one that adopts the the look more towards the end of the film three villains in this yeah so and which I leads think, me to believe i don't think penguin will be that big no and that's why i think it will be and that's what's interesting he's talking so much matt reeves about the corruption of gotham and how murder is a big problem in the city and how crime is controlled and again we've had that in the tim burton films and the the nolan films but to focus so much on it on how they control everything and why these things are happening and how it links into what's happened to bruce i think is is a great element and that's why i imagine that how penguin deep, would... and how deep he'll go in the series as well yeah to so add to that that's why i think where penguin and catwoman will come into it is just that like Penguin is somebody who is responsible for some of these as a mob boss. Mm-hmm. And then Zoe Kravitz's character is somebody who is then um, affected by these. So having to do crime in order Jewel to, to yeah. get by. Yeah. Um, whereas, like I said, Riddler is the one who's actually actively causing problems for Batman kind of thing. Um, I was going to say, what what do you think actually of the Gotham look? Are you excited to have a more, you yes, know, yeah, so with abso- Liverpool? Ab- and, absolutely, you know, yeah. Um, you know, I think I mentioned this what to What would you, you want to see Gotham look like is what I'm thinking. Uh, I need it to be old Gotham. It needs, it needs to have this sense of history, which I don't think you get from America, funnily enough, because America is a relatively new country, you know, um, and in, in, in every time I've read Batman and, and read, you know, Gotham, and you see, the, you see the landscape of Gotham, I've always thought, because, because Gotham... It, it, it it's in America, but because it doesn't exist, it gives you this sense of fantasy land. Yeah, you know, and and I've always seen Gotham as this you know huge, old city, very very old city with a lot of history, Gothic architecture, which we have over here in the UK. Yeah, we're a much older country um, than the US in terms of architecture and everything. So yeah, it, it makes perfect sense for them to shoot over here. I think, and they did start off shooting in Edinburgh 
which I thought again was brilliant because there's a lot of great architecture up there as well. So yeah, I'm I'm happy. I'm very happy. Do you want him more in the terms of like the Tim Burton gothicness, or do you want him more uh, realistic? No, like more no real. Man? Yeah, more. I I want to blend. I don't want them to go too because in the Tim Burton Batman, that was a Tim Burton Batman. Yeah, exactly. That was his sort of gothic uh, fantasy tale that he wanted that he wanted to tell. And Chris Nolan was very serious. Was if Batman lived in real life, I need a fine balance of the two <laughs> for me. I don't want it to go so serious that I can imagine this guy is here, uh, but I also don't want it to be too fantasy. Yeah, and I hope it's still quite a high-rise, big city as well because yes. you get the element of the comics where he's like on Perch a ledge. Perching and... over on like a gargoyle or something exactly, like that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You, you know, and that's the thing that Britain doesn't have. We're not a very like skyscraper-y no. sort of high-rise city sort no. of place apart from London, so I hope... They're able to bring in that gothic element, old buildings, but with a... And that's what I liked about, like, Batman. Do, yeah. They lost it a bit at, later on, but Batman Begins had that, you know, the, the big train that went through the, the entire yeah. city, Yeah, Batman Begins, out of, out of the Nolan films, Batman Begins definitely had my favourite Gotham look. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so that's it, man. We've had uh, probably what would be six months worth of trailers and news and film news crammed in, into... In the space of 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what an amazing time to be a DC fan. Um... Needed this bit of good news after everything going on in the world. <laughs> so yes, yes. It's finally, it's nice to have something to look forward to. Yeah, but still hopeful. Like I said, good things will come out of the bad news with the DC layoffs. Exactly. You know, we still hope that like that doesn't lead to bad things, but we hope that they're going in the right direction because they're putting such a focus on the company, etc. But yes, before we sign off as well, I just wanted to say a huge congratulations to DC. And Warner Brothers, because they've killed it here. They've yeah. knocked it out of the park. They can be incredibly proud. I think it was a huge success. Yep. You got, you know, podcasts and websites and all of Twitter exploding over this. So I think they can be happy. Yeah, definitely. To have so many guests and so many big names and then add such personality, to like like we said, with uh, Zachary Levi and, you know, to make such a big event in which it, it had its personality. Like I said, you had the little segments in between, you had like different types of content, documentaries, uh, histories, you know, interviews. It, it was it was really well executed and like I said, a lot better than the way that Comic-Con had, had handled it. Take notes, people. Take yeah, notes. Take notes. It will be interesting to see what Marvel replies. I don't know whether they're just going to carry on with the D23 thing or whether it will be Marvel's mm. cinematic universe at home or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, they have to do something. They, they ha they'll have to do something. Definitely. I mean, or, or Disney will have to do something. So yeah. They, you know. uh, right, so we're just going to end the show now with all our usual plugs. Now, I didn't plug these guys in our first show. Very sorry, but I should have. Uh, uh, the artwork for our logo. I have to shout awesome. out to Luke Randall. So you can find him on his website at lukerandall.co.uk. And the intro music done by the ever-talented Harvey Carter. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram at Harvey Masek. Go check them out. Amazing stuff. Thank you. The, the, the logo is... I just the logo is great. And, and the music timed fantastic. well with uh, Batman, as I posted on Facebook. You know, we've got a character with a cape, cowl, and a mask. And a mask. <laughs> All of the above. Uh, so where can the people find you, David? Uh, yeah, you can catch me at David Osger on Twitter, where I'm posting rambling and things I've observed and things about film. Uh, Instagram, I think David Osger 91 And then uh, you can also catch me at Fresh Take Hub and Well Good Movies as well. So. Excellent. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sweaty Jake, where, like uh, David, I'm just talking about movies and shit and all the comic book stuff. You can check out my Funko Pop collection on Instagram at Jake's Funko Collection. Um, but for capes, cows, and masks, please uh, find us on Twitter. Engage in conversation, ask us questions, get this conversation going and keep talking about DC fandom. I don't think the hype will, should die yet. I think we should keep this thing going. Uh, so follow us on Capes, Cows, Mask. Couldn't put the and in there. I don't know why. <laughs> they wouldn't let me. Uh, and also find us and like us on Facebook. And you can find this episode and all our, and our previous episode and all future episodes on Spotify and Anchor. So subscribe, follow, whatever you want to do. Very soon, just bear with us. It will come on to Apple at some point. So yeah. just bear with us, guys. More podcast outlets on the way. Yeah. <laughs> but until the next show, guys, see you later. <laughs> <laughs>